This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Welcome to the Whitetail Legacy Podcast, coming in your ear holes. October 1st. We smash it 10 yards tonight. A buck we call Pickles. A south wind pushing us back to the zag. Better stand on our backs. Set it Set it out and see what happens. Absolutely drilled in. And boom, he said, Good buck. We'll get my buck, and then we're gonna go get homie's buck. It's been urban peace as hell. Got him. Pickles is dead. Kevin Gates, both kills on hanging hunts. My first public land buck. Nice work, dude. Triple brow on the right. I'm digging that. Fucked out October 28th. Absolutely incredible season. Here we go. Welcome to the Whitetail Legacy Podcast, coming in your ear holes. And we got a pretty badass episode for you guys tonight. Um, I actually found this guy on TikTok named Brandon Quaint and killed a giant 12-pointer, whitetail adrenaline style, middle of a cornfield in Illinois which is insane to me, you know what I mean? And right. uh, homemade decoy, PVC job, like pretty, pretty cool. Um, and filmed it all. It's on their YouTube and it, it's awesome film. Did a great job, told a great story. Giant buck. Um, wanted to have him on because I wanted our listeners to, to watch this. It's just such an off the wall um, kind of tactic that no one's trying. That if your deer's out in the middle of the field, you know, it's worth a shot. Snort wheezed them right in. So uh, let's get into the people that make this possible. We're going to get into the show. Start off with right, right on optics. In front of me, I got the one primal three by nine by 40. This is the bread and butter scope, as I like to call it. The old three by nine by 40. This is the the seductive mistress of every whitetail hunter's dreams, I think. Yeah, I mean, it's it's just the, the old school go-to and the same features um what i like about riton is you know a lot of companies 
you got the really expensive scopes and they have like the better features, but the, the classic three by nine, one of the most basic scopes they have still has a throw level, has the same glass, still has the MOA. Um, this has the RHR reticle. You can pick the reticle that you want in these as well. Um, and, uh, still comes in the same box, still get the same lifetime warranty. And we're talking a scope that is the retail price is right in line with damn near every decent scope on the market with a lifetime warranty. Um, you break it, it breaks. You have another one within 72 business hours shipped to you and it's not a repair. It's a brand new scope. So, um, can't say enough about that, you know, lifetime warranty is it's the leading warranty for in, in the industry for scopes because scopes are something that when they do break they're they're broken like there's nothing you can do about it just like my scope i got is is trash but um has the the lens covers come stock um just a great scope you know multiple adjustments the throw level and you know you're back in a veteran american-made product every time you buy these it just makes you feel good and the pride that they put in their product is incredible they send you a thank you card signed thank you card with every purchase comes in an awesome box uh, i don't know what else you can say about the scope other than it's a product that's not very well known in the whitetail industry but i really think that this ride on we're like one of the first hunting podcasts that are talking about it but i really think it's going to be like one of the top line scopes for whitetail hunters and out west hunters real soon because they're pushing hard and they're putting out an awesome product and when you put out an awesome product only a, like there's a few people talking about it people are like oh yeah that that's kind of cool and then all of a sudden everybody's got it mm-hmm. you know and it's, and it's the one and i feel like it's going to be the one and we're going to be one of the few that actually get the chance to talk about it to you guys early so if you haven't checked them out um, check out their website um, and their instagram and you can see all they got every kind of optic that you would need um and we're excited to put these on there and uh put one on the muzzy one on the shotgun and uh, hopefully plug some deer next year hopefully so, all right you got exodus yeah, guys. Uh, so we've been talking, um, or we've been running ads for Exodus, and we've been using the cameras out in the field for um, four years, I believe now. So time's just flying by here. Like you know, you, you try one thing, and the next thing you know, you've had it for four years. And um, there's some stuff that I really love about the Exodus render, and um, one of it is that. It gives you a status update to let you know that that camera's working. Um, it can also send you video, and um, you know. We support this company because they're two, well, they're more than two guys now, but, um, you know, Jake and Chad are a couple of guys like us, just a little bit more badass than we are. And um, when you buy their product, like, you get inherited into the family, and they really care about you having a good customer experience and um, making sure that they handle all of your needs. So uh, we did, we're just coming off of a hell of a deal that we ran for you guys there in uh, February using the showcase code, but now we have another code for you guys here for the whole month of March. Um, another offer from them for the first time ever, they are going to be offering a trade-in program 
and you guys can trade in any old lift regular lift lift two or trek camera that you guys have and you can lock in a hundred dollars off of a new render or a render bundle um, you can go to the website and use the code trade up in all caps to lock in your hundred dollars off of a new camera and they will send you a new shipping label for your old camera you're going to ship that to them and then when they receive that camera they're going to ship you your new render or render bundle i'm going to try to put the link to the website i always do i put the link to the website in the podcast notes of this episode and that'll take you to their website which has the directions in case you um, didn't follow along here but um just think about that. Like you had that lift or that lift two or that trek for, you know, that five year no BS warranty covering theft and damage. And now you're going to buy a new camera with a hundred dollars off of a camera that you've already might have used up your five year warranty. And now you're going to get another five years and a hundred dollars off. So that's a pretty incredible deal from these guys. And, um, you know, it just goes to them trying to get the, get the product out into the world here. So, um, yeah, and back their product. They they wouldn't they wouldn't make this deal where you get another five years with a hundred bucks off if they weren't sure that that camera was going to last five years. Exactly. You know, they 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 believe in this product. They put the you know the higher quality you know parts inside of the camera to make it function to where they can say, hey, we we're going to back this for five years. And then another thing, like you're saying the 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 updates man those updates are so awesome yeah compared to our other cams where like maybe you didn't have anything go past it for two days and you're like man this thing's not running and then you go out there and you get a picture of yourself you're like oh my god like they need to make and you know exodus has that where you can make it take a picture like that's mm. that's huge you know what i mean so yeah. I, I see that happen in the future with a lot of cameras so getting into uh, Next Level Deer Supplements, uh, we're going to be at Iowa this weekend with them guys at the Beer Classic. Uh, well, with Nate at least, Nate and his posse that he's bringing, um, looking to piggyback off of last year's experience and um, party up with the guys and um, have a good time. And we're also going to help them kind of run the booth there for a little bit maybe, depending on how our day flows. And uh, so... I don't have a booth number because I'm unprepared, but um, we'll be there at the show, guys. Next level will be there. You guys can stop by, and um, you, they're they're gonna have a deer there that uh, they they took a lot of pride in about um, really contributing to the to the potential growth of that deer. So um, that'd be cool. Stop by and uh, check them out. Yeah, and uh, if you if anybody wants to meet up with us at Iowa, send us a message on Instagram, Facebook, um, any social. We'll meet up with you. Be glad to do it. Um, let you guys know we we appreciate you in person for listening to this podcast. All right, let's get into the show. All right, welcome to the Whitetail Legacy Podcast coming in your ear holes, and we got Brandon on tonight, man. How are you doing tonight? Great. How are you guys doing? Doing good. I appreciate you coming on, and uh, we got we wanted to have you on to talk about the typical twelve buck you killed killed them in a super unique way and you put the film together awesome and uh it's got quite a few views on youtube but i feel like more people need to see it just because how unique it is you did an awesome job so after watching that i actually found you on tiktok which is weird like people find each other on tiktok we get listeners from tiktok sometime i'm like it's so weird but we put content on there still you know you never know but uh we appreciate you coming on man it, 
it's a definitely a unique story. And, and I was like, I wonder where this buck at is at. And then I seen the state and I'm like, Holy shit. I just made it even, even more crazy, but <laughs> uh, go ahead and go in and let the listeners uh, know a little bit about yourself. All right. So, uh, yeah, I started, uh, put some TikToks out. One of my buddies, uh, when we started this YouTube channel back in October, um, said, you know what, you should push some things on TikTok. Uh, a lot of people are on there and I kind of was uh, afraid to post anything on there at first. Cause I knew everything was getting banned and all the hunting stuff on that. So I just really didn't want to waste my time with it. So I kind of pushed it off to the side a little bit and then finally went into, I was like, well, I'll just do what i can and if it gets banned it gets banned but I, there is a lot of people a lot of people on that app so i was like if i could just push a little bit of content on to to you know point them in the direction of our youtube I, it's a win so yeah. i started doing that a little bit but uh before then uh i've been filming for a few years um i really started getting into it whenever i stopped hunting with uh my dad uh he he was um always wanted to go with and enjoyed uh being with me but when we are we split our separate ways and he goes one way and i go another way it's always when we come back it's like man i had an incredible hunt tonight and as i always said i, I wish you could have seen it well I, then i decided you know what i'm just gonna start filming some of it so i started to film i started out with like a canon g40 and uh started self-filming and then and when i first started I, I absolutely hated it it was a lot of work i didn't know what i was doing it took forever to set up and tear down and i wasn't uh really have a method going on to 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 really get and make it work right and so i, I kind of stopped filming for a couple of years and then picked it back up and uh, started getting where i was learning how to edit and uh getting better with my filming and getting more of a process down and uh, once i started getting things to wrap that i decided and a couple of my other buddies we, we'd always talked about you know let's start a youtube channel it'd be fun to put our hunting out there and and see where that goes so October uh or actually last spring I I upgraded to a mirrorless camera I got a Sony and a good lens and I was like we're gonna practice turkey season and then when deer hunting comes along hopefully we'll have it down pat and uh, uh fortunately we had I had a really good year this year uh deer hunting I was able to kill two bucks on uh, both self or one was self-filmed the other one I had a, one of my best friends he was behind the camera and uh i started editing and so far everything's turned out really well and uh it's got a lot of uh, views yeah i can tell that like right when i watch a youtube video i know a lot of people don't care i think it's just for people that film that care but right when i watched it i'm like okay this guy's got a mirrorless camera i could tell right away and then you did some high frame rate stuff i was like okay this guy's got a sony or he's shooting you know at least 60 frames or higher on most of his stuff. I'm like, this guy's got a pretty nice setup. And then the, you had some low light stuff. And I was like, okay, this guy's got full frame. I can damn near pinpoint what you're filming with after just yeah. watching kind of what yeah. you got going on. But it's definitely expensive once you dive in and get all the stuff. But then once you got it, you're good to go, you know? But yeah, uh, definitely worth it. Commented and asked and said, uh, you know that that was really awesome. How do I get into doing something like that? And uh, I, and the kind of sticker shocked whenever I tell them how much stuff kind of costs. But in the end, whenever it all does come together, it's it's a one hundred percent. It's worth it. So yeah, once you got it all, you got it. I mean, you can update, but once you got good glass, you're pretty well. Like okay, I'm good for a few years here of of filming without having to bite the bullet and spend spend some more money. But 
Um, the typical 12 is what you call that buck. So kind of the kind of go into how the film a little bit, the reason we had you on, you know, why it was unique and then go in just to the story of the buck in general and how it all came together. So, uh, I, that deer had been really elusive on our ground and, uh, he'd been mostly on the neighbor's ground. And so after I, I come into the season, I really didn't have much hope or sights set on that deer. Um, I had a few pictures of him a couple years ago and actually my first pictures of him were three years ago and every single year that deer would break off multiple times and then uh, two years ago he actually broke off half of his main beam and uh just we knew he was a fighter my dad said if you're ever gonna kill that deer and when the little time he was on our property he said uh you'll probably rattle on him in or grunt him and get him mad he'll want to come in and fight and that that'll probably be the only way you'll kill that deer because otherwise it was he was coming in uh, after dark and stuff like that. So um, I can't remember what date it was. I think it was maybe November the 11th uh, after I shot my first buck. I didn't have anything. I was actually kind of cruising, just driving around of evenings, just kind of glass in places looking for another deer to hunt. And uh, he was out there in a cornfield, a shelled cornfield with a couple does. And, he, and that was the first real sighting that I had of him. And I knew so he was still alive and because I hadn't had any pictures of him yet uh, this year. And um, I had a across the road, uh, we had like a, a fence rope type set up, nothing big, not a big block of woods or anything like that. And, and it was that was the closest I could get to him. So we, I went in there with a the saddle and set up into that fence row and, and set, hung up a couple cameras and I ended up getting a picture of him there and so I set up for a couple of weeks there and tried to hunt him and he kind of hit an opportunity in every tree right there and um <clears throat> uh kind of just took it easy for a little bit didn't want to pressure it a bunch I was hoping maybe that was, that was wheat I thought maybe he'd come in and feed I'd get another shot opportunity at him or get an opportunity at him and uh my cousin just happened to be driving around uh I had work to do one evening and he said i I think I seen that typical 12 buck, uh, across, uh, your uh, house. And, uh, he was out there. And from that spot to where I was getting a kid, uh, the picture of him on our, was almost a mile away. So we had relocated and in that area. So I knew I had to get in there. And, uh, the only spot I had was, uh, in a wide cornfield. So, uh, like on the video and just, uh, like a shot in the dark me and my buddy went I went out there the first night uh and tried to self-film and I took a tripod and that decoy and set up in that and uh just kind of like a little waterway and uh hoping he'd come out and I realized I had a buck push a doe past me I realized it was gonna be really 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 tough to pull that off by myself so I I asked my buddy Jack uh, I said if you got a free night I would, I would love for you to come with me I think I got an opportunity to buck while he's in the air it uh Maybe we could get lucky. So we went out there and uh, when he stepped out, um, it was weird. It was like, almost like I knew that he was going to come whenever I popped that decoy over the edge. I didn't, I didn't have any second thoughts. He came out into the field and with those does and I immediately grabbed the decoy and crawled out to where he could see me a little bit. And uh, it was, it was really windy. You can't tell in the footage how windy it was, but it was, it was, 12 to 15 mile an hour winds and it was tough to keep that light decoy 
standing upright, but and get uh, that snort wheeze all the way across 300 yards because that's how far I was from us at the time. But I, I snort wheeze as loud as I possibly could a few times. And when I got his attention, his whole demeanor changed. And whenever he started coming our way, I knew I knew we were in the chips then. So that's kind of how it started. And uh, uh, the rest was uh, history, as they say, I guess. He was 300 yards when you snort wheezed at him the first time. Yeah, he was. He's about 300 yards, and uh, like I said, it was as loud as I possibly could snort wheeze, and uh, that's what got his attention to begin with. So yeah, I, I could tell in the video he was pretty far away, but I couldn't tell. And when you snort wheeze, he postured up and angled directly in. And the whole time I'm watching this, I'm like, man, that when they're angled in like that, that's kind of like a tough a tough shot to pull off, you know what I mean? Cause they're kind of quartering too. They got their shoulder forward. Um, pretty challenging shot, but you, you, you're able to slip it in there. Um, you're just like me. I, uh, I would have waited too. you know, it, it just, I'm the same way when it comes to tracking deer. If I'm not hundred percent sure, I probably asked Comey 38 times. Like, what do you think, man? <laughs> yeah. How's the shot look? Like, what do you think? And, uh, you know, your reaction on film's awesome. You're the, ca the camera guys, you can hear him breathing the whole entire time. Uh, we got going over there, dude. <laughs> oh, yeah, I can hear you the whole time, bro. Sorry, my fault. <laughs> got a two, three year old out here. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, the, uh, you know, the camera guy, you can hear him breathing the whole time. You know, <laughs> I'm like, I don't think I could hold it together if I was a camera guy, but he's, he's just as jacked as you and uh, kind of go into the recovery the next day. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, he was super jacked. It was funny. He was like, man, I wish I we could cut that my breathing out. But I was like, no, dude, that's, that's raw stuff. Yeah. Man. It, it added that. to it. It added to it. I thought, because you know, I'm doing the same thing on the other end of the, it adds realism when it's, yeah. when it's like that, you're like, man, this guy's jacked and, exactly you can tell you're lit up so yeah so that night uh we watched that video countless times trying to make a decision on what to do and uh he crossed the road and so we went in there uh that night with uh just the vehicle kind of drove low where we thought he had went in and looking for any sort of blood or anything and there was a pretty good blood trail across the road but even at that point um I got a really good friend, uh, Forrest Bond, and he's the cameraman for Terry Drury. And I sent him the footage, and he was uh, gracious enough to show Terry and Mark. And they both said, you know, when in doubt, you should back out. And so I, we wanted, as much as we wanted to go in that night and look for him, uh, I decided to listen to those guys because they, they've had way more experience than I have, and they know what they're doing. So we listened to their advice and we backed out and we waited till the next morning. And, uh, it, unfortunately, that that evening it rained another, I'd say, a quarter of an inch to a half inch of rain and kind of washed all that blood off the road and any kind of sign where he ran into was kind of like a, a CRP field. And so there was no looking for blood or anything like that. So we just kind of spread out and uh, went the direction. He probably wasn't 100 yards inside the CRP. So it, he was in the wide open. It looked like he had just ran in there and uh, just piled up. So I think I, I really think – if we would have went in that night, we would have found him, but y you never know. So, Yeah, and it seems like just like how our luck always works out, no matter 
um, if, if you make a questionable shot or you're just not 100% sure and you, and you do have to back out that, just like in your scenario, and this, we had uh, one of Cody's bucks this year, same deal, like rain's coming, it's questionable, and then especially yours running into the CRP field, that's tough enough, let alone without a good, good blood trail to follow. And just like you said, you just got to go in there and body search. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, well, the, the first deer that I shot this year, uh, he, it rained a bunch after I had, had uh, shot him and we couldn't find him. And we called, I didn't, I hadn't any, had any experience with, uh, Odeo before with John Slifer and, uh, their bloodhound service. But, uh, he found my first deer after it rained, uh, inches. So I, I knew that, uh, if we weren't going to be able to find him in there, uh, that we had that dog on standby and ready to go at any moment. So I knew we had a really good shot at, at, at that dog going to find him. So I wasn't really too worried, but, and other people were like, man, we had a lot of coyotes around this area too. They're like, you're, you're really lucky that the coyotes didn't just devour that thing. Cause a couple of, uh, last year, my, my dad had shot a doe and, uh, we went back to the house that evening and before we could get back out there that same evening, there was no meat left. It was stripped down to the bones and it was completely all the meat and everything was gone. So we, we got some sort of a coyote problem, I guess you could say. So we were very fortunate on that, that, uh, the coyotes didn't find him that night either. So. Yeah. And, and you'd said that he's a fighter, you know, and broken tines. And this year he was perfect. Didn't even have a chip on any of the antlers. So that just goes to show you, you we get, we get pissed off and ticked about not being able to kill these deer year after year. And then when it comes together, you're like, all right, it's supposed to be this way. I just had to wait a couple years until yeah. it's just like when I killed my biggest one, if I'd have killed him the year before, you never would have, you know, gained 20 inches. You're like, oh man, that would have been, that would have been nice. If we could have had 20 more inches. You know, I think I could have waited a year for that. <laughs> yeah. That so. was super surprising when I walked up there and, and there was no, not a single point missing on that deer. I was, that was, I was shocked because I'm, I'm not kidding. Like he, he had broke off so many times in the, every single year that I had any trail cam pictures of him every single year, he was breaking off stuff. So really surprised and very blessed and thankful that uh, he didn't break anything off when uh, the year that I did get an opportunity at him. So you were, so you were driving and seeing this deer the first time and then set up on him in a tree saddle on a, the closest edge. And was he in the same field again when you went in there with the decoy on him or was no. he in a different field? He had relocated almost a mile. So when, oh, uh, wow. so I had hunted him in that first field that I had seen him out of a tree saddle on our side of the property line. And he was coming on there uh, on our side, but it was always after dark and, and I never did see him out of that, out of the, my setup there. And then um, my cousin just happened to be driving around because, if, if, if it's not really a, a great wind direction for us to hunt, uh, we always try to go scout and do, you know, just try to figure some deer out, pattern something else, maybe see what is up and moving around or where they're at at that time. And he just got lucky enough to stumble upon him about a mile away, and uh, we, we were able to get on him there. So, Yeah, that's something Cody and I haven't really done a lot of is, you know, driving around the, the field edges and, and looking at the places that we do have um, opportunities to hunt. And um, one thing that we have been trying to do lately um, the last couple of years is take them off wind nights and maybe uh, go scout um, a property that we haven't hunted yet, that, we, that we've that we talked about hunting, or get into a place that we haven't hunted 
and um, try to learn something there. Just get more boots on the ground in season on them kind of shittier days, I guess. And, uh, and you know, that's something else we can do, Cody, is, is try to get in the truck and get mobile and really cover some ground at that, you know, that, that magic hour. Yeah, there's, there's some, like, permission spots that are just fields that I have that I'm like, dude, if, if it would work out. But you, you've made a homemade decoy. Um, so we, we, got, we got the homemade turkey decoy, but we don't have the homemade <laughs> right? deer decoy. So uh, what, how did you go about making that deer, deer decoy? So, like you said, I'd always seen it initially on oh, the people that do the turkey reaping. I'd seen those videos first. And I'm like, man, if, if you can do that with as good as eyes that turkeys have, you know, and fool them like that, I, I feel like you could do the same with a deer. And then, and then I did see uh, Whitetail Adrenaline's video. I never did purchase the DVD, but I seen their pro or their, you know, their, their video, their, their, they were showing around and to try to buy their DVDs. I seen them have a real close opportunity with some sort of decoy that they had made too. So I always wanted to do it and my, I didn't know how to make it something lightweight that, you could carry around that wasn't going to be a pain in the butt you know and heavy but uh my brother-in-law works at a car uh factory they make car parts and some of their stuff i think is shipped in these plastic crates and he just got me this big slab of uh, a quarter inch probably plastic it was all yellow and uh i just took a sharpie uh made a design and then took a, a a knife and cut that design out and then uh I think my dad had this old decoy and I th- want to say it was a Montana decoy. It was fabric and it. And, uh, I just cut all that fabric off. I used the face and, uh, it was, it wasn't in the same, uh, pattern that I wanted to, because I wanted, you know, the buck to look like he was kind of facing you. So I took, uh, the belly of the deer when I cut it off and it had white on the belly. So I used it for the front legs. Um, actually, um, is the are you guys gonna is the video or the audio gonna be on on the uh, podcast? Are you put- b- both, man. If you got a handy, go ahead and snag it and and show it off here. Okay, so uh, this part I think is um, was my dad's old uh, decoy. It's just made out of uh, material, and uh, I took the belly of it, and where you see the legs, I just made that where the white of the legs were. I hot glued all of it on there, and then for the face, uh, I took a three D decoy, uh, a three D target. And uh, I chopped the face off of it, so it gave it a little depth, and then hot glued the face onto it. And then see, you can see that it's not very thick at all. That's the plastic. Hot glued some PVC pipe, and then the base is just a U. I just took some PVC pipe and U'd it, which uh, I think I'm going to try to fix the base a little bit better after holding them up in that wind. I had to keep a foot on them when I drew my bow back whenever I was in the field because the wind was trying to blow them over so much. So it was kind of awkward. It'd be a little bit better if it was like maybe a stake or something that you could stake down in the ground, but it's still a work in progress, but uh, it did the job for that day. I would say it's good enough for right now, <laughs> but yeah, that, yeah. That was, I was going to be, that, that was going to be my suggestion is maybe some sort of little stake down there at the bottom. And uh, cause if you did get in a situation where the wind did switch on your come a weird wave, you know, quartering two or something, could uh could end it real quick for you exactly yep my kids just spilled water all of the <laughs> air purifier just got smoked i just <laughs> stepped away for a second <laughs> yeah that thing looks pretty solid in the video i'm like the front of it looks pretty pretty good i was like yeah it looks that might fuel fool me if it was sitting out in the field you know and i was 
driving by. But yeah. uh, I was like, I watched the video and then I looked at the state that you were from. And I, I don't know why, but for me, I was just like, it just made it that much better because I was like that, it, you know, in the Midwest, that isn't a tactic that literally anybody is using that I know of um, to any success on top of actually even trying to use it. And then for it to work like you did, you knew it was an aggressive deer, you know, you had the history with them and took a lot of balls to be like, all right, I'm going to go for it with this decoy and give it a shot. <laughs> you know, like yeah. Yeah. You, you just, just kind of sent it, you know, you've been hunting close to them and you got the opportunity. And if, if you wouldn't have jumped on that opportunity, you know, you never would have, yeah, probably got that deer if he wasn't on your property at all during daylight. So, you know, and you know props th- to you for, for going ahead and sending it. And the thing about it is it's not like it's just some random deer. Like, it's the deer, you know, the one that you want. And for it to to all happen, and, and just like Cody said, to kind of just have some balls and go after it, man, uh, that's pretty awesome. Yeah, like like I said earlier, like, I, I don't understand why uh, I've – we took the decoy out before and, and it, it was a total bust, you know, on other deer, but I, I had all the confidence in the world coming into that. And when he, when he showed up, I just knew that uh, if I could just crawl out there to the edge of that little hill that we were on uh, at the base of that waterway, I knew that I, I had a really, really, really good chance at him coming after us. So it was just a weird feeling. And uh, <laughs> I, I can't explain it. I didn't really before, at looking back on it, I'm like, man, why didn't I? I don't know why I didn't think of. I mean, you're gonna spook him, or you're gonna scare him off, and then he's gonna be, you know, in the next county uh, tomorrow. But uh, I just, like you said, I just sent it, and uh, it, it it paid off. Had you uh, snort wheezed a deer uh, to a deer before with any sort of luck? No, I have not. Uh, usually have calling wise, usually have the most success rattling and uh just doing just just kind of cold calling uh with with uh i use uh the rack i use a rack pack just because it's it's easy to uh carry around in my backpack mm-hmm. uh, i would like to carry i mean I, I think the sound of real horns banging together does sound the best but it, with carrying all the camera gear around and having everything hang off my bag you know uh especially saddle hunting and stuff like that and having to carry sticks and stuff in like that it's just it's just another thing that's just hanging off that catches on something. And if I add something small like that rack pack that I put in the bottom of my bag, it stays out of the way. Uh, that's just the best thing that's really worked for me so far. But snort wheeze wise, I've never had, I've only heard it. I've only heard it once out of, I'm, I'm 29 out of all the years that I've hunted. I've only heard it once out in the woods. So (laughs) (laughs) yeah, I don't, I don't think I've heard a deer snort wheeze personally myself. Um, it seems like every year, uh, we have an opportunity with, a with one of our shooter bucks and they're kind of on the edge and we do the snorwees as like the last resort, you know, as to where in your situation, it was kind of like almost your first step to get his attention, you know? Yeah. Yep. Just knowing his history and with, uh, the trail cameras, you know, it was, that was a big help on, on just knowing how to play that deer and just knowing his past, uh, what we should do to try to harvest that deer. And, uh, it definitely helped being no, knowing that he was a deer that liked to get into fights and, and was a territorial. Had you seen him, um, 
be more territorial like with other bucks in any trail cam pictures or anything or are we just kind of going off of him being broke um the couple years prior i i never i don't think i've ever had any trail cam pictures of him like sparring with another deer or anything like that they were always just all trail cam pictures by themselves of him broken in a food plot or my neighbor sent it to me and he had like a broke off beam i think it was on a trail or something like that and uh, so never never with another another deer um, you said that this deer had relocated a, a mile. Um, do you, do you know how far, or is that the farthest you had him traveling, or did you have him traveling a little bit more? Initially, uh, he was about halfway in between. That mile was where I thought his his core area probably was. He was coming on to us some, like I said, not a lot. I was getting a lot of night night pictures when I did get him. Um, Luckily enough, we're, we're really good friends with our neighbors, which is another good thing. I think is was a huge key, you know, always uh, just having a good relationship with your neighbors and being able to uh, share trail cam pictures. You know, we're, we're, we share, we try to share everything. We try to be on the same page with each other. That way, uh, you know, if we want to pass a deer and try to let it reach a, a, a better potential, we are on the same page. Nobody's trying to, nobody's really trying to, uh, go out there and uh, shoot something that somebody else isn't. So that's a good thing that we have going on with our neighbors where we share trail cam pictures. So they were able to share some pictures with me. And so I was kind of able to know, you know, that he was in what area he was and when he was in that area. And it, like I said, it wasn't on us very much, but. Yeah, man, it sounds like you got, there a, enough you got a great yeah. thing. Yeah. Sounds like, sounds like he was on there enough to make it happen, but. Shout out to that cousin for saying, Hey man, he's over here. <laughs> yeah. 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 All right. Well, let the listeners know where they can watch this video and where they can find you uh, on your socials. Uh, like I said, I, we have people on here that have pages and stuff, but I really think all of our listeners should watch this video just cause it's unique and you did it. Awesome. You edited it good. It's a great story and the kill shots, you know, just super cool for a Midwest hunt, you know? I uh, appreciate that. Thank you. And uh, our YouTube channel is called Killing It, um, K-I-L-L-I-N space I-T. And uh, we don't have any, I don't have any social pages. I didn't really want to, I'm not a huge fan of, uh, I don't really want to look like a professional. You know what I mean? I don't want to go out there and, and, and look like I have a big outdoor TV channel, you know. So I don't have any, I have my own Instagram page. It's Brandon Quant. And uh, just a YouTube page. That's uh, you can find it under the YouTube page, and I got some links in my uh, Instagram as well uh, that'll send you to the YouTube. But that's the only socials that I, I really use right now. And until you know, if this thing does get a little bit bigger and uh, we do get a little bit more popular, and maybe then at that point we might uh, have an Instagram page or something like that and start doing things like that. But until then, I think we're just going to keep it, you know, just us as ourselves. Yeah. I don't blame you, man. It's we we were. How many, how many years did we fight with that? No, oh, too like, many. <laughs> the whole personality thing where you start your own page and then you got to be like a personality in the industry. And we're, if people knew us, I mean, like I just had to go get my kids to bed and walk away. Homie had to walk away. We are definitely not professionals and we don't ever make, try to make ourselves look like it because it's just not realistic. You know, yeah. we're, we're, we're not cool enough to have our own Instagram page, <laughs> but we got one. You know? like, like, but we don't do, 
in the, in the same token, like you know, when we started it, you got you got seven followers, and um, you know, everybody at work's razzing you up and shit, and you know, and Cody said this, uh, I don't know when here in the last couple months on on the podcast, and he's like, "You're a joke until you're not," you know, and then when you kind of yeah. get some validity, then you're like, people are like, "Oh shit, hey man, that's actually pretty cool," you know, and then they start asking you about it, and then now now they're now they're interested, but. Um, yeah, exactly. you're a joke until you're not. So, yeah. And that's one thing me and my buddies kind of, we're talking about, you know, uh, what we kind of like to see, you know, when we are browsing, browsing through YouTube and looking at other people, we like to see people that we can relate to, you know? And, uh, as much as I love watching, uh, Lee and Tiffany and the bone collector and the Drury's, you know, shoot giant bucks. Um, I, I can't really, hundred percent relate to that stuff, you know? And so we kind of want to be on the relatable side of things on how, uh, just guys like us, we don't own a lot of land, you know, we hunt what we have and, uh, we do a little bit of public land hunting as well. And I, I feel like as long as we can be relatable to other people, I feel like that's what we want to watch. And I, I hope that's, you know, what they want to see as well. Absolutely, man. And that's kind of, you know, our whole gist here and motto and everything. So, um, that's why we want to have you on and tell the story and just, you know, cover the badass video there that you that you guys were able to put together. So we appreciate you coming on. Um, I'm going to try to link the actual uh, – I'm going to put the link to the actual video in this um, podcast notes. And while you guys are there, give the man a subscribe and because there's going to be some more heat coming down the pipe there. Cody, you got anything to add here before we wrap this up? No, we just appreciate you coming on, man. Spend some time with us and uh... – it's kind of a rough, rough time right now during bedtime, but we appreciate you sitting through it with us and, uh, and, you know, embracing the shit show of White Tail Legacy podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I understand I got a three-year-old and a newborn. She's two months old now, so uh, oh, I understand deep. the struggle getting them to bed. Yeah. So Yeah. All right, man. Well, we appreciate you coming on. Thanks again. All right, guys, make sure to go over to his YouTube, watch this video. I think I've said that about five times. I just <laughs> love this. This kind of hunting is just so different. He does such a good job, um, and they're, they're just starting out. Seems like a really relatable, kind, genuine dude, and that's why I wanted to have him on. We love to help the small-time YouTubers that are genuine, that are doing the right thing, that are you know showcasing the sport good, grow. We've used this podcast to do that for I don't know how many people's shows or how many other people's podcasts we've had on here. Um, and uh, we, we look up to Gary Vee a lot, and he always says, you know, you, you can have the biggest skyscraper, uh, you know, in the town, but you need to do it because you're building yours bigger, but you're also building everybody else up around you. We really believe that, and that's why we have people on like this. So we just want to put this out on the back end. If you want to come on the podcast, um, you got something you want to share um, this is the time to do it right now don't be afraid to reach out and uh, talk to us we do have a few people lined up here coming up but um, after that we're, we're kind of open this is the, the calmer time of the year so uh, don't feel like you need to be some specialist or have a hundred deer on the wall to come on the show um, we, this is a people's podcast right here hunting podcast and uh, we want to keep it that way and not cater to the celebs cater to you guys the people that are listening so if you know someone that you think might be a good fit for this podcast um message us tell them to message us and we'll, we'll have them on and we'll chat some whitetail and we'll probably learn some stuff mm -hmm. you know that's that's the best thing about it is you 
no matter how skilled the guy is, um, we can learn this uh, just as much from him. And uh, we got we're working on next year, next season's content already. Um, what we're going to release during season, start plugging away on those episodes, and hopefully have another kick-ass year for you guys, uh, hunting content-wise. But in the meantime. Uh, like we always say, we appreciate you guys a ton. Love you guys. Always try to do the right thing and uh, try to leave a legacy. Watch your legacies out. <laughs>